step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting live around the world, this is The Ryan Lindsay Show. Phone lines are open to speak with Ryan or any of his guests at 319-527-6702 or email Ryan. The email address is ryan at ryanlindsayshow.com. Now, here's Ryan Lindsay. From the beautiful Northwoods of Wisconsin, I am Ryan Lindsay. So glad to have you here with us tonight. It is the last Wednesday of the month, which means Psychic John Russell is on the show. He's the best of the best, folks. So uh, if you want to call in and get your mini reading, then feel free. Give a call. We've already got a few of you on the line. Uh, But uh, give a call. The number is 319-527-527. 6702. That's 319-527-6002. We're going to talk about his book, Riding with Ghosts, Angels, and the Spirits of the Dead. We'll also talk, uh, he wants to talk about psychometry a little bit. So uh, we'll be getting into all of that tonight. Uh, long program tonight, so there's plenty of time for your calls. We're going to try to get to all of you. So uh, keep it to, to one question or comment and then the follow-up maybe, and then we're going we're gonna to move on to each, uh, each call here tonight. have to welcome my uh, co-host, Mystic Tamara Gleason. Tamara, how are you? Hello. Good. Busy day in Mystic Land. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It was a busy day. Why are you busy? Well, I've been doing some past, I did some past life regression. As you know, I just did a, the radio show in search of reality with mm-hmm. Dylan Thomas. So when we talked about past lives and mysticism and these times we're in right now. So that was fun. And now I'm on here with the boys tonight. <laughs> Very good. And you're, you're, still in, you're still in Nashville. I'm still in Nashville. <laughs> Okay, yes, excellent. Yes, I, I'm here. I'll be here over Thanksgiving, and I'll get back to Wisconsin for the holidays. But right now, yep, I'm still in Nashville. Good, good. Um, I forgot to do this the last couple of times you've been on, but uh, you, you need to give out your information on how people can get a hold of you in case they would like to do that. They listen to you yeah. every day. Every day you're on the show here, so we yeah. need to get your contact information out there. Yes, absolutely. Well, of course, you can find me at Mystic Sisters Tamara Gleason on Facebook. Message me there. Uh, you can find me at themysticsisters.net. And every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday right here on this show as a co-host with Mr. Ryan Lindsay. So, yeah, there's many ways to get a hold of me. <laughs> and I'm okay, having a special of 22. I'm having a special this week. I should really announce this. Uh, mm-hmm. This week, you know, I have my traditional annual Good Friday 
or not Good Friday, excuse me, Black Friday, but I, I'm extending that sale all week long until midnight on summer, uh, Cyber Monday, which is a way of giving back, truly. Um, this is when my, my clients of 22 years take full advantage of my deal, and I'm having a special one since it's 22 years. I'm doing, you know, my twofer, meaning buy one, get one. So have one, get a session, phone session, virtual session with me, and or if you're in the, um, excuse me, Nashville area right now. But these are good for a year. So a lot of people are buying up Christmas gifts as a gift of, of a wonderful session with me for their family. Sure. And that, that just spreads the love. So, yeah, that's what I'm up to. I'm just promotion. Thanks for the promotion, Ryan. Oh, of course. Of course. You're, bu- you're busy. You're very busy. You've been doing this a long time, and uh, you're, you're getting busy all the th- busier all the time, aren't you? Well, it's definitely a good time for mystics, right? Um, <laughs> it, 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 but, but with that, it, it's like every intuitive healer, light worker, people of assistance, it all comes to now. This is when it's like, this is where, that's why we're here, to raise the vibe, right? So, mm-hmm, exactly. you know, our world needs that. So we're all on duty here. And thank you for your service. How have you been? Oh, excellent. Excellent. I, once I get John on, I'm going to tell you guys about uh, my own little little ghost story that's been happening the last week in my house. So it's it's weird. It's incredibly so, uh, haunted I'll, right now. I can't even tell you. Yes, I can't <laughs> even tell you how thin the veils are. We have lots There's, of ghost stories. I've had several of them since I've been here. So, yeah, let's get John on. Okay. All right. I'll introduce uh, him. As an internationally known professional psychic, John Russell has experienced a host of compelling and sometimes spine-chilling paranormal adventures. His book is Riding with Ghosts, Angels, and the Spirits of the Dead. It's an episodic collection of really good ghost stories, all of which happen to be true. He uh, joins me as he does the last Wednesday of every month, Mr. John Russell. John, how are you? Ryan, I'm doing great. Tamara, it's good to hear from you. I'm, I'm glad everybody's doing good. I'm excited and happy to be here as always, and uh, we're going to have a fun show tonight. I'm going to do things a, a little bit different along the way, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I was uh, telling Ryan in an email I have a, a rather comical holiday uh, psychic experience to relate, so we'll do that, and, uh, and that's kind of fun. And in addition to taking calls, talking about the book, uh, I'm going to teach people that in the listening audience how to do psychometry tonight. Yeah, yeah. What What is that? Well, psychometry is where, in, the, in its most basic and most simple form, you hold an object, and then you get the vibrations from that object, and you allow that object to inform you with feelings, emotions, sensations, memories, pictures, events, whatever, that come into your mind. And um, the practical side of that is that, you know, people think, oh, well, that's a, a cute party trick. You know, I can, somebody can give me a watch and I can say, oh, your grandfather owned this and he worked for the railroad and da-da-da-da-da. And everybody's, oh, cool, cool, amazed. But there's a practical side to this. Uh, once you practice psychometry and get learned in it and it becomes second nature to you, then you don't necessarily have to have an object. You can go into a place of business, for example, and receive the vibrations and the energies from the people that are there and the things that surround you and and tell if they're on the up and up and not uh, or if they're lying to you or not. 
So there's lots of practical applications there once you develop this, and it's a very easy skill to learn to develop, and then like anything else, the more you practice, the better you're going to be. Excellent. So I would imagine that something like jewelry would be a, you you mentioned a watch, uh, but something like jewelry would be a good thing for psychometry to to kind of get somebody's vibration since they wear it often and it's close any, to their skin. Yeah, any anything, any object uh, that the person has handled a lot, kept on them a lot, has a lot of special memories, vivid memories, vivid emotional associations with that object. It could be a, a rock, it could be a knife, it could be a stick, it could be a piece of jewelry, it could be a, a keychain, it could be a, a tape dispenser, you know, that uh, <laughs> just belonged to my grandfather and he kept it on his desk and da-da-da-da-da. So anything that has a personal connection and a personal meaning to someone that uh, they've handled a lot, that's been in the family for a while, that they love, that they cherish, that they have an affection for and an affinity toward any object can be used. Okay, excellent. Yeah, we'll have fun talking about that in a little while. Absolutely, absolutely. The, the book, again, Riding with Ghost Angels and the Spirits of the Dead, how are the sales going of the book? Well, uh, thank you. The the Riding with Ghost Angels and the Spirits of the Dead, you can get that at my website, ridingwithghost.net. There's links on there to, to buy it at a, a number of online booksellers, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, etc., and the sales are going really well, uh, even better than I expected out of the shoot. It's only been out for a couple of months now. It was published in September of this year. Uh, I've gotten a uh, an endorsement from Uri Geller uh, for the book. I've gotten an endorsement from Phyllis Galdi, who's the uh, publisher, the editor, and the publisher, and the owner of Fate Magazine. Uh, and a oh. lot of other great people. Yeah, and a lot of other great people have given me great endorsements and great reviews. Uh, both on the website and at Amazon. Uh, so it's doing really well. It's, it's opened up a lot of doors, and the feedback I'm getting is absolutely tremendous. The people are saying, man, I couldn't put it down. It's a page-turner. I hated for it to end. You made me laugh. You made me cry. You opened up my eyes. You gave me food for thought. I, I saw things differently uh, than I ever have before. And I always told everybody, it's a unique book. You've never read anything like it. And everybody is saying, man, there's nothing like this out there in the spiritual and paranormal literature. This is unique among books. So when you get this book, you're going to get something that's unlike anything you've ever read before. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to have a good time with it. It's going to give you some food for thought. And appreciate everybody taking checking it out. Wonderful. Uh, and the website, again, writing, writingwithghosts.net, folks. So be sure you visit the website. Right. Okay. And uh, be sure you visit the website and pick up the book. Well, what do you say, you guys, we take some calls, huh? Let's do it. Okay, the number is 319-527-6702, and we'll get right to it here. Area code 780. Hi, you're on the Ryan Lindsay Show with John Russell. Where are you calling from? Hi, thanks for taking my call. I'm calling from Alberta, Canada, actually. Oh, great. Okay. What's, What's your name? It's Michelle. Michelle, okay. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Hi. Michelle. Hi. What's your question? Um, I guess what's coming for love? I thought it was coming this year, but COVID, I think, killed that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I tell you what, Michelle, it it wasn't COVID that killed it. It was just the the cycle of energy that you're in for romance right now is just not clicking for you this year, okay? 
Okay. Uh, so, so COVID didn't have anything to do with it. You don't have anything to do with it. You haven't done anything wrong. It's just that your particular <laughs> energy cycle for romance right now just isn't in sync with, uh, with where it needs to be. And it's going to be, the bad news is, it's going to be out of sync probably another two or three, maybe four months. Uh, so more than likely along comes spring of next year, uh, things are going to begin to settle back down for you, get in sync for you. And when it comes, when the opportunity for romance comes, uh, I want to say April. It could be a, a month sooner, maybe two months sooner, but I want to say April. And when it comes, okay. it's going to come. It's going to come real quick. It's going to come like out of the blue. You won't be expecting it. You're going to be hoping for it. You want it. You'll be open and receptive to it. But it's the way it's going to hit you. It's just like bam, out of the blue, and there the person is. And you better be paying attention, and when it comes, grab that opportunity because it may be a while later in the year if you miss that one before you get another one. And this is going to be a good chance for a long-term relationship. So that's coming up for you next year and looking good, okay? I'll take it. Thank you. All right. All right. Thanks for calling, and best of luck. All right. Thank Thank you, Michelle. We'll move on to uh, the next caller here, area code 775. Hi, you're on with John Russell. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, uh, my name is Wendy from Sacramento, California. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Wendy. You How you doing? Um, oh, I'm so thrilled to speak with you. You're so good. Excellent. Um, I, um, I just wanted an update on, um, I had mentioned that, I have an attorney, his name is Taylor, and he is um, suing my ex-employer because they uh, administratively separated themselves from me on October 19th for medical reasons. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this involves, I now have my hearing aids, but they they fired me. Um, Do you still see that I'm going to get a settlement? Um, Will it be... Um, without going into court, I hope? Well, I think, again, you're with the right attorney, and I do believe you'll get a settlement again. Maybe not all that you're hoping for, but I think good enough that you can say, okay, I've made up for lost ground, I can move on now, and a slim chance that you may not have to go to court. You may have to, but however it goes, just roll with it and just just do what you have to do to get through this. And, of course, next year is going to be a lot better for you, okay? Will this be settled um, before February? Um, Possibly, yeah. Okay. And okay. just real quick, All right. is, is Rosie still my friend? We've been friends for 40 years, and she said she needed some space. Is she still going to call me, and, and are we still friends? Well, I think that, that the fact that she's been friends all this time and she needs space, kind of tells you what you need to know. So, (laughs) in other words, she's kind of dropping off the the friendship radar for you, okay? So just just give her that space. If you want to, and if she's receptive, you can say, hey, what what happened here, you know, that you you kind of feel like you need to... uh, to distance yourself from me, but don't push it because you're you're not going to do any good if you push it. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks for well, calling. Thank you, all right. Andy. All the best to you. Thank you very much. Um, so, John, I and I'm so glad Wendy called back and kind of updated us what she uh, had going on last month. But right. I'm sure that in four weeks there can be some changes 
can't there be? I, I mean, some changes along the lines of what might be happening? There can be. Uh, there can be changes in 24 hours, you know. Uh, sure. but, uh, but typically what the guys show me, they show me far out or reasonably far out or within a certain time frame. And typically within that time frame, regardless of what does or doesn't happen, the, the um, outcome that they've shown me is usually there. So okay. that's why I tell clients, is, you know, like if I tell you uh, this is the pattern for the next three or four months, don't call me a week later and go, oh, you know, da 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 No, 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 let this play out, you know. Let's get wow. down the road wow. with this thing. And, uh, you know, don't uh, – I have clients, they, they want to call me every month, and I'm like, no, you don't need to. It's going to be wasting your money and time and effort. It's not necessary. I said, now, if during this time frame something comes up that I haven't foreseen and uh, – Trump's helicopter lands in your backyard, and he comes out and tells you that you're his long-lost daughter, and you go, oh, geez, i got to call John. Yes, if there's something spectacular <laughs> like that, absolutely. But otherwise, you know, hey, look, give, give things a chance to play out. And I'm as impatient as everybody else. I want all my problems solved yesterday, but it doesn't work that way, and we have a process, and we have time to go through, and we have life lessons to learn during that time frame. And we need to focus on and work on those things and let things play themselves out till the next the next piece of the puzzle then falls into place. Sure, sure. John Russell on the show, folks. It is the last Wednesday of the month, and uh, we have him on the show the last Wednesday of every month. Give a call, 319-527-6702. And we're moving right along to area code 303. Hi, what's your name and where are you calling from? Um, yeah, I'm really pleased to find your show. I remember I listened to you guys a while back. Um, my name is Allison, and um, do I, where are you I'm calling sorry, from, Allison? To, oh, that's what I thought. Yeah, um, I'm in uh, Phoenix. Phoenix. Okay, oh, great. Okay. You have a question for John? Yeah, um, I am at my retirement age. I am. I have one more big move left in me. Relocation. I have it really narrowed down to very different states. Uh, the most important quality to me is maintaining, uh, uh, keeping uh, libertarianism, very much a constitutionalist. I have it right. narrowed down to three states. One, do you need the names of the states, or can I just... Yeah, go ahead, and, go ahead and give me the states okay. you're considering. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm maintaining my own free will. I'm very strong constitutionalist, so this is really kind of my guiding principle. The first, and no mandated vaccine. I will not do that vaccine. Number one is Florida. Number two is Missouri, Nebraska, kind of in the running. And number three is Idaho. I'm glad you said Florida because that's that's what I would have steered you to anyways. That's where I live. And uh, we're very, very strong constitutionally here now. Uh, and and very very pro liberty and and so on and so forth. So uh, really consider Florida, and I think you'll be happy. I've been very very happy here, and I'm an old West Texas boy. So I think that uh, at this stage of the game, Florida may even have Texas beat for its stance on uh, constitutional rights and liberties and so on and so forth. Well, so well, then put, you, put then Florida in the front well, running, and you'll be okay. All right. Can I give you just some uh, a factoid that has changed my mind about Florida? Your sure. governor has all your, and this is just for you to know, because it's not getting a lot of press. But I, but I, I don't miss anything. 
the governor has already uh, given uh, signed an executive order for the uh, um, state surgeon general. Scott, I want to say Rivkees, Rivkees, Scott Rivkees, has already empowered him to man, not just mandate the vaccine, but force the vaccines so that there's a certain clause in the law. Yeah, um, I, I haven't that, seen that anything can, about that. Yeah, oh, yeah, I haven't seen That's anything about that. And, I, and our our governor, that doesn't sound like him at all, trust me, because our governor is, yeah. I know, I know. I, I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not seeing it. I don't know what news source you're getting it from, but I haven't seen it uh, here. And like I say, I live in Florida, so I don't know. But yeah. anyways, consider Florida okay. and you'll be doing okay, all right? Thanks, Allison. Right. We'll talk to you Thanks later. You all right, uh-huh. bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right, thank you very much. Um, so... That was interesting. Let's uh, move on to the next caller here. Um, uh, it just pops up on my screen as a series of ones here. I think this is a private caller. Hi, you're on the Ryan Lindsay Show with John Russell. I'm John Russell. First time calling um, Lisa AZ, Arizona. Okay. Um, hi, hi, sir. Thank you for being so honest with us. Uh, I heard what you said about the example. That's That's good. Nice, nice. I I have a specific question. Um, so there, uh, an old pattern, old friend for many years, and I know he he has where he lives. He's having, uh, you know, chaos and uh, misunderstanding situations, uh, and conflicts. Uh, wish him the well, wish him well all the time. But I I do sense feel that um something is going on. Right now, at this time that I speak, and I want to know if if uh, that if if that if so is happening at this time. It starts with the yeah, R. He's, yeah, he's he's still enduring conflict and problems, and this is something that he's just going to have to work through. Uh, this is something that you really have kind of lent all the support you can toward, and now it's it's down to the wire that he has to look at things logically, analytically and make the rational decision for himself, okay? Yes, and one more thing, please. Um, where I work now, John, sir, um, it, am I okay to stay there where I'm at? Because there's two personalities that they, 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 they're they a little bit kind of like an animal. Like they, they, want, they criticize every little judgmental thing, but right. I'm protecting myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right now, that's that's the best place for you to be. Well, not the best place for you to be, but it's it's the place that you can be right now. There's not any other opportunities that present themselves to you. Probably not until summer of next year. So hang tight. Continue to protect yourself. Stay out of the politics and the melodrama. Keep your head down. Do what you got to do, and look for better pastures along about, like I say, along about midsummer next year. Okay. Yes. Thank you very much. Right. Happy Thanksgiving. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank, thank you for the call. You know, John, I, I mentioned earlier that uh, I've got a, a ghost story that just kind of popped up over the last week here. For right. some reason, in my house, things are falling off shelves by themselves. Yes. Right. Glasses, glasses of water just bloop, just fall right over. Um, a, a light fixture, the, the, uh, the covering on the light fixture fell down on my wife's head the other day, and I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> well, that's the other side getting through to you saying, hey, man, 
don't give up. You're doing the right thing here. You know, this is, we're with you. We're there. You know, you're making a difference. You're, you're cracking through that portal to the other side and you're helping people. You're getting voices out there that no one else would hear. And they're just affirming that to you. So that's what's going on there. It's okay. just, you, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a good thing. It's a positive thing. Okay. Tamara, you agree with that? Well, yes, as as John doesn't know, but he, he confirmed exactly. John, I've been down in Nashville um, for the last week and a half, and let me tell right. you, I've been here a long time. I have never experienced so many strange things. Um, yeah, the, it, 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 the veils are incredibly thin right now. Do you find that to be true? I've had absolutely. lots of absolutely. things flying, so I think yep. it's just a good indication that, you know, they're like, we're here, we're right here. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Oh, let me let me share this funny story real quick. This is kind of a good time to interject this, if you don't mind, Ryan. Um, oh, sure. The, uh, a, a weird thing has happened, and I really hadn't thought about it too much until a client uh, affirmed this again to me the other day when I called them to do their reading. Uh, people have told me over the years... You know, I have a distinctive voice. I was born in West Texas, and I still got that West Texas accent, especially when I get tired, you know, things get a little more drawn out and, and stuff. <laughs> but I, I have a unique voice, and um, my clients have told me many times across the years that they will hear my voice, my specific voice, speak to them or call their name or say something to them out loud in the air before I call them for their reading, and that sometimes <laughs> when I'm giving them their reading, they're touched physically as I'm giving them their reading. And they have, uh, they've told me this a lot of times, and I, I really had kind of forgotten it till the other day. Uh, I was calling uh, one of my clients for the reading, and, uh, and she told me, she said, you know what? She said, your voice is so unique and so distinctive. And she said, about 15 minutes before you call me before the reading, I heard you say, good morning, so-and-so, in your voice, out loud, in my room. <laughs> wow. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. So it was really cool. So, But anyways, leading into this funny story, I mean, affecting things, people at a distance and everything like that, I discovered that I could do some uh, some types of psychokinesis manipulating things, moving things, affecting things, and so on and so forth. And I discovered that I could send energy at a distance to people, kind of like what's happening to you, but I don't, I don't lay too much claim to that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, I had uh, this is when I was still living in Texas, and I was single, and um, I was kind of semi-half-heartedly casting about for a romantic relationship. And I met this woman, and we... Uh, met each other and went out a couple of times and had absolutely zero romantic chemistry, but we had great friendship chemistry. And so we continued to see each other as friends. We'd email each other and call each other and all this type of thing. And uh, so it was, uh, speaking of the holidays, uh, which we've got coming up tomorrow, this was uh, New Year's Eve. And uh, she she called me up and she said, what are your New Year's Eve plans? And I said, well, I'm going out to to my one of my favorite bars here, and I'm going to have a few drinks. And if you'll come, uh, I'll buy you some drinks. We'll sit and talk a little while, and blah, blah, blah. And she said, that sounds delightful. Okay. So she met me there, and we had a few drinks. She said, what are you going to do? And I said, uh, I'm going to go home, 
and go to bed and go to sleep. And she said, you're not even going to watch the old one out and the new one in? I said, nope, I'm just going to go home and, and go to sleep. She said, all right. I said, what are you going to do? She said, well, some friends are, are getting together, and I'm going to go over to their house. We're going to have some snacks, drink some wine, and talk, and then, you know, watch the uh, watch the old one out and the new one in. I said, oh, good. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. She said, yeah. And so she stood up and hugged me and kissed me, and we wished each other well. And I said, you know what? I said, I'm going to send a ghost home with you. And I was absolutely deadly serious, and she knew what I did. She <laughs> She was a believer in what I did. And I did it just to get her goat. I meant it seriously, but I did it just for fun, just to get her goat. And I said, I'm going to send a ghost home with you. And she kind of laughed. I said, don't laugh because you're going to see I'm going to send a ghost home with you. She's like, oh, my God, okay, whatever. So she left, and I had a few more drinks, went home, went to sleep. So I turned my phone off at night because if I don't, it rings all night long. Clients called all night long. And um, I, uh, of course, had my phone off. So the next morning I get up. And uh, real early, I don't even think it was light out yet, I got up real early and turned my phone on, turned my computer on, checked my email, and Lord, there was all these emails from her in all caps. And I turned my phone on, checked my messages. The first messages on there were from her. I think she left one or two messages and like, oh, my God, John. <laughs> and on and on and on. So I, I, I read the emails and I, and I listened to her messages and we talked. And what had happened was she had gone to this friend's house. Now, mind you, this is New Year's Eve. It's winter. It's cold. The houses are closed up tight, right? No drafts, no winds coming in or whatever. So she had gone to this friend's house, and they were sitting there kind of in the dining room, kitchen area, whatever. And there was one of those metal three-tiered baskets that hang down from a chain from the ceiling. You know, you put fruit in them or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and um, sure. So that was that was hanging down there. Wasn't near a heater vent or anything. And she said, while they're sitting there at the table, out of the corner of her eye, she sees this basket begin to swing. And she said, first it's real slow, and it goes back and forth a little slow, and then it gets bigger and bigger, and now it's swaying about six inches, and then it's a foot, and then it's more than a foot. And finally, one of the other gals catches it out of the corner of her eye, and she goes, what in the world is that? What's causing that? So everybody focuses on it then, and she's like, oh, my God, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not even going to look. I'm not going to participate in this. It's crazy. John, what's he got me into? So the the lady from the house gets up, actually grabs the basket and stops it swinging, gets it still, and everybody's like, well, has that ever happened before? No, well, there's no vibrations. There's no trucks going by. There's no planes going over. Houses go, what in the world? What in the world? What in the world? So she's just, I'm just, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to participate. So they sit back down. And she sits out of the corner of her eye. She sees the basket that starts swinging again. And this time it starts going even bigger. It's like two or three foot arc back and forth as it's going. Oh, my. And, and the women are like, wow. what in the world? What can possibly? And she goes out loud. She said, I couldn't help myself. I just went, that darn John and his stupid ghost. And they were like, what? What? <laughs> Who's John? What's the ghost? What are you talking about? So then she tells them the story that I'd sent the ghost home with her, and I did, and it got their attention. And uh, So that was the, the source of all the emails and phone calls the next day was, oh, you my. rascal, you did it. It really happened. It was there. All the friends saw it. And, and so she told oh, them the story, my. and she said the rest of the night, we laughed like crazy and started talking about the paranormal, started talking about you and stuff, and how did you beat this guy, and da-da-da-da-da. So that was a lot of fun. But, yeah, I've had some fun with things like that over the years. But like I said, oh, I, I, don't, I don't claim total responsibility for yours, Ryan. <laughs> okay. Well, good. Good. I think. <laughs> Let's send a bunch of ghosts to Ryan's house. Let's do it. We have that. I don't, uh, oh, I don't. I 
I think wow. I've already got one. Remember, the, I've got the, the ghost cat that jumps on my bed in the morning. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, now, yeah. now it's knocking things off a shelf, so I'm not sure if it's the same right. thing or not. What if you attach a ghost <laughs> to something, John, that they can't get rid of? Um, the the ones that I send or talk to and ask the guys to do, I, I kind of put a limiter on it or a kind of, okay, do your thing and, and then go. But that's a real interesting question because I had a, a, a client call me one time, preface the story, by saying that you cannot believe how many times I have picked up the phone to talk to a, a brand new client that's called for a reading and they go, you're my last hope before I go to the nut house. And I'm like, what? Do what? And they're like, you're my last hope before I, I think I've gone crazy. I've, I've decided I'm nuts. I've decided da 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 Because they've had these ghostly experiences for the first time in their lives. And they're waking up to this and they're like, oh my God. So I'm able to tell them, no, you're not going crazy. This is normal. It's really happening. Da 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 da. So this one lady called me and she said, you know, she said, uh, can you help me? And I said, well, what's the problem? She said, I've got a ghost I can't get rid of. And I said, okay, tell me about it. And she said, well, she said, I was watching Sylvia Brown. And Ryan and I have talked about Sylvia before. And so uh, she said, I was watching Sylvia Brown. And Sylvia said, if you want a ghost or a spirit of what, I'm pretty sure it was Sylvia. She said, just just ask. Just ask, you know, okay, here I am. Give me a, give me a spirit or give me a ghost or whatever. And she said, I thought it would be fun to have my own ghost. So I did. And I said, hey, I want a ghost of my very own. Oh! All of this crazy stuff started happening in my house, and it scared the heck out of me. And so I moved, and the ghost followed me, and it got even more active. And she said, where I lived, there were all these cars parked up down the street in front of the the house or the apartment or whatever. And um, she said the ghost would would, uh, set off all the car alarms in sequence all the way up and down the street. And she said, wow. finally, the the neighbors had decided that since she was the new kid on the block, she must somehow be responsible, and they called the police on her. And so the police <laughs> came out, and they investigated this. And while they came out once, all the alarms started going off in sequence while she was talking to them. So they were like, well, okay, obviously it's not her. We don't know what the heck's going on. We filed a report. We're out of here. We can't do nothing about it. You know, everybody get their cars checked or whatever. So... Um, she said, can you help me? And I said, oh, yeah, I can. I said, in the first place, um, you've gone to the pet shop. Oh, give me a puppy. And here's the puppy. And you take the puppy home, <laughs> and now you don't want the puppy. But the puppy wants you. <laughs> so you asked for the puppy. You wanted the puppy. Now the puppy's there. And then you move to try to abandon the puppy and leave it behind, so the puppy's mad. And it's going to set all the alarms off up and down the street. So I said, this is what happened with a ghost. You asked for a spirit, you got a spirit, then you rejected it, you moved, you abandoned it, and followed you. Hey, what the heck? You asked for me, here I am. And then you wouldn't pay it attention, so it got mad and set all the car alarms off up and down the street. I said, make peace with it. She said, will it go away? I said, I don't think so. I think it's kind of there to stay. And I said, you need to make peace with the spirit and tell it okay i'm I'm sorry i abandoned you I'm, I'm sorry i ignored you i asked for you you came you're here let's let's make peace and let's be happy and you watch over me and protect me and help me and give me your companionship and i'll honor you and honor your presence and acknowledge that you're there and do some nice things for you and, and we'll have a good relationship 
I said, if that doesn't work, call me back. There's some things we can do. So sure enough, I heard from her. She said, I did what you said. Everything's copacetic. Everything's settled down. The spirit's still there, but we have a good relationship now. <laughs> so I said, okay. So that's that's how it's supposed to be. So yeah, sometimes oh, things my. hang around. People <laughs> <laughs> so go away when they want to go away. I don't know. Well, yeah, and I always get tickled. I get really tickled at these uh, quote-unquote exorcisms, whatever, and this, that, and the other. They go and perform these exorcisms and, and get rid of a ghost or a spirit or close a portal because that can't be done. Nine times out of ten, they make the problem worse than it was when they started. Mm. And I have, um, there was a, a world-famous um, author and quote-unquote paranormal investigator, whose name I will not mention, that was friends with a uh, someone of ours that I will not mention, and they went to one of the most notorious haunted houses in New York, and supposedly closed this down, and everything was fine and dandy, and da 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 da. Well, the great thing was, you know, history is written by the victors, right? Yeah. So yeah, they were the victors. We went. We're famous. We're well known. I know everything. We shut this down. We followed protocol. There's nothing ever going to happen here again. So history was written by the vicars, victors. But the great thing was I happened to be led by spirit to find this book that was written by the people that owned the home. And in this book, they detailed this world-famous personage and da-da-da-da-da coming out and them doing all this thing and closing the portal and ridding the place of spirits. And they said that lasted for about a week or two, and then things exploded even worse than before. Now, the, <laughs> the famous people claimed the victory and said, it's all solved, it's all done, da-da-da-da-da. The people that live there is like, nope, not the story, not the truth, huh? <laughs> it doesn't work that way. So, you know, oh, wow. there's... A lot of times you come and, and command these presences or spirits or entities or whatever, and you wind up, you know, ticking them off. So the key to working with people on the other side is just like the key to working with people here. Respect, you know, compassion, gratitude, authenticity, not commanding, negotiating, and, uh, you know, sometimes commanding is, is, uh, is appropriate, but most of the time, no. And it's it's just like if you're negotiating with somebody for uh, something you want, um, and and they start getting uh, really aggressive with you or, or really bullheaded with you, that sets you off, and and pretty soon you've got this friction going. Like, well, I'm not going to budge, you know. By gosh, I'm going to da 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 da. So it's the same way with with energies on the other side for the most part, and we have to understand that. You know, we're not dealing with dumb, illiterate, stupid energies. <laughs> that view us as gods, you know, we're dealing with energies that for the most part are a lot more powerful than we are and can see further down the road than we can. In some cases are a lot more intelligent than we are. So we have to understand that we have to respect that. And we have to approach it that way. And that's why I always hate these quote unquote paranormal investigators. I go to a house. First thing they do is I'm not afraid of you. You blankety blank, blank spirits come out and blankety blank, blank. And I blankety blank, blank. And then, and then when the yeah. spirit does something, they scream like girls and run. You know, it's like, come and run. On. <laughs> oh, and then man, they come just... to me for, and and then the paranormal investigators come to me. We had that experience. Um, Donna, my sister and I were down at Bobby Mackey's Music World, uh-huh. and there were young, you know, a bunch of very, they felt very seasoned uh, paranormal investigators. That you know, this is very well known to be called the portal to hell. Well, right, we right, know right. it as a portal. 
And yes, you know, it's what, what you're vibrating to. A lot of people have gotten attachments there and so forth. But, um, you know, we were working upstairs and a team was instigating is what we call it, trying to conjure up, you know, right, right, and right. a researcher got pinned up against the wall with, you know, by the throat. Mm-hmm. And then we had to give him PTSD, you know, hypnosis right on the spot to clear his energy field, <laughs> you know, and, and that's just it. Working in these strange portals, you, if you don't know what you're doing, you know, Yes, I've had to command. I've, you know, it's like when mm-hmm. they have to honor our boundaries too, right? So sometimes, I mean, we're always yeah, sometimes, yeah, but sometimes they show right. you where the boundaries are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I've had to command. I've had to command for sure. Mm-hmm. I've been tripped. I've been hit over the head. I mean, it's rare, but um, usually it's just that you know they just spirits trying to figure shit out. Excuse my language. Um, so yeah, they'll do. They'll do whatever it takes sometimes, and and sometimes we we misunderstand them, right? Of like exactly. they're not aggressive; they're just aggressively trying to get to their loved one or whatever, right. you know. Well, and that's and too, you know, we deal with entities, spirits, forces, energies that may not be human; that may be something else; that may be a nature spirit, right. that may be an, an angel, angelic entity, or something of that nature, or some other type of entity that we're not even really aware of or how to classify. And their right. priorities are not going to be our priorities. Their thoughts are not going to be our thoughts. Their emotions are not going to be our emotions. And uh, it's it's just like uh, it's just like owning a pet. You know, my we have a little a little dog. I just love the little rascal to death. He's the sweetest little doll on the planet. And he's just everything that moves aggravates him, and he has to bark at it and go on and on and on. And I told my wife, <laughs> I said, key to understanding this dog is not to look at it from a person perspective. You got to look at it from the dog perspective because he's a dog, he's not a person, you know. And so we have to adapt that a lot when we go into to paranormal work as well. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. Talking with John Russell, folks, uh, he is author of the book Riding with Ghosts, Angels, and the Spirits of the Dead. Take a look at his website. It's ridingwithghosts.net. And uh, if you'd like your psychic reading with John Russell, then feel free to give a call, 319-527-6702. We're going to move on to uh, area code 313. Hi, you're on the Ryan Lindsay Show. Who's this and uh, where are you calling from? Hello, this is Dwight. I'm calling from Detroit, Michigan. Hi, Dwight. Do you have a question for John? Hi, Dwight. Yes. Um, I would like to get any information about my projects that I'm working on. Okay, Dwight. Listen, you have got some good energy, my man. No kidding. You have got some real good energy around you, some good intelligence, and some good potential. You have got to be very careful of the associations that you keep, the people that are around you. Your ideas are good. And they can bring some good things to fruition down the road. But you've got some people around you that you need to be a little bit leery of. They may rip your ideas off. They may hold you back. They may steer you in the wrong direction. So what you need to do, Dwight, you need to sit down and spend some time with yourself and say, okay, look, this guy's told me this. In my heart of hearts, I know that's true. Where am I going? What am I doing? What do I want to achieve? What do I need to do to get there? What are the steps I need to take? And of the people that are around me, who can facilitate that? And if they can't, those aren't the people that you work with or that you do your projects with or that you allow into your inner circle. 
And that doesn't mean you have to jettison all of your friends, but it means you need to examine your friends and see who are true and who are false and get rid of the false ones. And it means that just because somebody's your friend, they don't maybe have the best input or the best idea about your project and what you're doing. Get some informed sources to help you with what you're doing. And then that's going to lead you forward in ways that really make your success pop. Does that make sense for you, what I've said? Yeah, sure Good. I do. All right, good deal. That's what you need to do, and I expect to see some great things from you. But be very careful on the way because people are going to try and trip you up. And, man, you've got some good ideas. You've got some good energy. You've got some good things going. And just keep going, but keep going with your eyes open and don't let people take advantage of you. That's the main thing. Okay, Dwight? All right, man. All right. God bless. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Dwight. Thank you very much for the call. We'll uh, move on again to area code 434. Hi, you're on the Ryan Lindsay Show with John Russell. What's your name and where are you calling from? My name's Khalil, and I'm calling from Charlottesville, Virginia. Okay. You have a question for John? Um, yeah, I uh, used to live in Washington, D.C., and my mom used to work for... Um, my mom used to work for the uh, Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Agency... Okay, and I was I um will want to meet I wanted to meet some of the agents, but um I was told that um, when I was at the presidential event I met already met two of the agents and I was wondering if I actually because um, I was told that the only agents that have uh, facial hair a lot of it is the ATF agents and I was wondering if those were ATF agents at the presidential rally. Interesting. I've never heard that before, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't really know how to comment uh, from a from a literal perspective on the uh, the ATF agents. But uh, uh, it could very well have been that you did. Yes, but there are. I know a lot of agents. I have known some some undercover agents. I've known spies. Uh, I've known uh, FBI agents, and so on and so forth. And a lot of people, when they do undercover work or when they do get into a certain assignment or a certain area, they do grow facial hair. And it's it's just kind of like in keeping with the look of, um, you know, typical genres of tough guys or criminals or whatever usually have facial hair. Like me, I'm a biker. I have facial hair. Most of the bikers I know have facial hair. So, yeah, a lot of guys that uh, that do, do grow facial hair, yeah. But, see, he, he had on a suit, and he was, like, basically they had on the earpiece and stuff like that. He wasn't uh, under... Right. Cover. Right. right. So, yeah. So, there's, there's your answer. Okay. All right. Okay. Moving okay, on. Thank you very much for the call. All right. And uh, 319-527-6702. Moving along here to area code 917. Hi, who's this and where in the world are you? Hello, Hello that's you? Yes. Oh, wow. I didn't hear the beat. <laughs> Excuse me. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Karen in New York. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Uh, yes. Hi. Nice to meet you, uh, both of you. Yes. Um, is there anything, any news or guidance about? Is there a special person I'm to meet who to rent this room to? It's not quite ready, but I'm hoping in a couple months, two three months, it might be. Um, my late partner had lived there, so this has been a very long process for me. And anyway, I don't just want any 
stranger and you right. know to rent and be in a some shared safety team. I was hoping to find a like-minded soul, someone maybe I could even be friends with, and someone I would totally trust and feel comfortable having around. Yeah, yeah. So All right, here's to, here's what I see for you. Uh, you. March is what comes to mind. March of next year is when this person seems to come around. Now, use your common sense. Do your due diligence. Check references, that type of thing. But the person mm-hmm. you're looking for is somebody that's interested, especially uh, in the literary realm. Either they love books, they read a lot of books, they've written books, whatever. So look for somebody that's literary connected. And uh, like I say, in spite of all of that, do the normal things. Do your due diligence, you know, check references, so on and so forth. But along about March is what I'm seeing, and look for that person that's really into the literary realm somehow. And that's going to be your good renter for you, okay? Mm-hmm. Is there, are right. you getting anything about where I would find them or how to go about finding them? Yeah, put an ad out, put an ad out. You know, room for rent. Uh-huh, like on Craigslist? Yeah. Well, no, I wouldn't use Craigslist. Use, use uh, yeah. you know, use like your local uh, newspaper, penny saver, whatever, something like that. And, uh, you know, put an ad out, make it make it available. And then, like I say, when you get the... Uh, people applying, use due diligence, check their references, but look for people mm-hmm. that are into the literary big time. They're either into books, they've written books, whatever. Okay? Mm-hmm. And along about so March it's not, like, it's not like Spirit has one person in mind that I need to have some kind of relationship with. No, no, no. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. Okay? All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank Best you. of luck. Uh-huh. All right. Thank you, Karen. Um, I was glad you said not in not in Craigslist, John. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you never know what you're going to get. You put an ad in Craigslist, did <laughs> Hey, man, you want to see a picture of my book? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, sir. Oh, oh, boy. Okay, moving on. Uh, area code 856. Hi, you're on the Ryan Lindsay Show with John Russell. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, uh, it's Rose Maria from New Jersey. Hi, Rosemary. How are you? Good. Is there a new relationship that's coming in soon or financial with work, either one? Okay, let's do both. Uh, Rosemary, let's see. Um, Relationship, scratch everything, erase everything off the board right now. There's nobody around you currently that is a good long-term relationship nor are they going to be. It's going to be sometime next year, probably, I'm going to say, May to July is going to be the prime time next year for you to connect with somebody good as a relationship. And as far as career goes, it's time for a change. You need to do something different there, and it may require some training on your part or some reorientation. And that's something you need to look forward to in the next year and think about doing something different and uh, progressing, moving moving onward in a different way. Okay? All right. Cool. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Best of luck to you. Thanks. Okay. You too. Thank you for the call. And I want to remind folks that uh, if you'd like to get on the air, we've got a few people on hold now and been holding for a long time. So thank you very much for your patience. Uh, but if you want to get on the air with John Russell to ask us uh, a question for a psychic reading, you do need to press the number one on your keypad there for Blog Talk Radio to tell me that uh, you would like to 
go on the air. So that kind of raises your hand to me and lets me know that uh, you're you're waiting in the host queue. So remember that. Hit the number one. Uh, we'll move on again to area code two zero three. Hi, you're on the show with John Russell. Who's this and where are you calling from? Hi, John. My name is Michelle. I'm calling from Los Angeles, California. Oh, great. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Michelle. How are you doing? Hi. All right. Hi. Um, I uh, I don't. Uh, I'm trying to look for uh, another job myself, and uh, I put my resume out to some companies, and uh, just trying to figure out what the best uh, the best job might be if one you know is actually offered. And I I think there are some that are more probable than others too. Right. Like right. there's. There's one in Utah. Uh, no, don't do don't do Utah. If you come up with something in New York, consider New York. Okay. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I consider New York. Look for something in New York, and I think it's time for you to get out of California. I think it's okay. it's not a negative energy. It's not a bad energy. It's just not where you connect with the best opportunity right now. And oddly enough, across the country in New York is. And so in your in what you're trying to achieve and what you're trying to accomplish, start putting out feelers in New York, start looking in New York, and you'll be happy when you make that move. Now, it's not going to be a permanent move. You'll be there maybe five years, something like that, and then it'll be time to go elsewhere. You can look at that when time comes. But right now, New York is the key for you, Okay. When, when you say New York, would you consider, would you think like Long Island, upstate New York, yeah, uh, any, any, any place in New York, any place in New York. Really? Yep. You're not the first who has said that. Actually, I had two other psychics say uh, New there York, There you too. go. There you go. <laughs> well, you're getting all the confirmation that you need. Confirmation. So it's time to rock and roll. Yep. All right. Best of luck to you, and thanks for calling. That's a lot. Hey, thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Uh, 319-527-6702, folks, with John Russell, author of Riding with Ghosts, Angels, and the Spirits of the Dead. Uh, take a look at his website, ridingwithghosts.net, for information on the book and uh, to uh, to buy it there. Um, John, we got to talk about uh, psychometry here. Uh, yeah, we wanted to, talk, wanted to teach people about psychometry. Explain what it is again, and let's, let's get into it. We're going to teach people how to do psychometry. Psychometry is the art of taking any physical object and then receiving the vibrations from that object in such a way that you receive mental pictures, emotions, feelings, instances, circumstances from that person's life that relate to them. It could be coming from their relatives, uh, from some family event, from some direct event in their life from people they've known have crossed over, on and on and on. So there's infinite possibilities there. So the easiest way to do this, you want to get somebody, number one, that's going to take it seriously and not act silly and not act goofy and not sit around and laugh and do a bunch of nonsense. It's a serious exercise. So find a friend that you can do this with in a serious way. Now, what you want to do is with this friend, they have to have an object that they have full knowledge of. If they have just bought a locket at the local flea market, don't bring that. They're not going to be able to tell you a thing about it, and you may get 20 impressions from it, 
those 20 impressions might be 100% accurate, but they're not going to know that because they don't know the history of the locket. So get your friend to bring something that they know intimately, not something that they've just bought, not something that they bought a year ago and they've worn twice, like earrings or whatever, something that they carry all the time or something that they have that has significance and association connection to a beloved family member that they knew well or has a connection to a specific event or a specific location or circumstance or whatever, something that they can validate and verify if you start receiving things and giving them information. I'll tell you the example of what I mean. Uh, I had a friend of mine, and uh, now I'm a little more advanced in this, so I'm able to do this with new objects, okay? Most people need something that's been around a while to start out with. But like I say, I've been doing this a long time. So I had this friend. We were sitting out having drinks one night, and I said, oh, I love those earrings. She said, yeah, I just bought those. I said, hush, I'm going to tell you where you bought them. I said, you bought them in Austin. You bought them on 6th Street. There was a vendor. that the, the, the booth looked like this. It was an outdoor vendor on the street. It was a sunny day, blue skies, sunshine, da-da-da-da-da, and I was 100% right. <laughs> so that's the kind of image that you receive with psychometry. And then with another friend of mine, he gave me a, um, a pocket knife, and I said, this belonged to your dad. And I said, your dad had a falling out with this guy over money, at, at this place of work, and they had a big dispute over this, and da-da-da-da-da, and he said, my God, I hadn't even thought about that in years and years and years, but you're right. So those are the types of things that come to you through psychometry, but again, starting out, get a friend that will be supportive, be helpful, and not be silly, not be goofy and laughing, but take it seriously, and get somebody that has an object that they know the history of and are familiar with the history of. Now, when you do that, you're going to sit down with you and your friend, turn your cell phones off, turn the TV off, don't have any distractions going, focus and concentrate, let your friend hang on to that object for a little bit and think about what it means to them, who all's connected with it, and so on and so forth, and then give that object to you and put it in your hands. What you're going to do is take a deep breath, and you're going to relax, and you're going to close your eyes, and you're going to hold that object, and whatever the first emotion, feeling, mind's eye vision, whatever it is that comes into your in your mind, that's what you're going to say without any censorship, without any hesitation, without anything else. Because a lot of times the craziest, weirdest things turn out to be the absolute most accurate. I remember one time I was doing a reading for this couple and I was like, what is this? And I was seeing like this house built in the jungle. And I was like, what in God's name? And I couldn't get past it. So finally, I, and I, oh yeah, we just like in overseas somewhere in this jungle, they had just built this house. And I was like, oh, for God's sake. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to say whatever comes into your mind, your emotions, your feelings, whatever. And it's important that your friend, um, Write down what you say and not give you immediate feedback. Just say, well, you know, I'm, geez, I'm getting this red barn and there's this tractor, okay? And your friend's going to write that down and, uh, and not tell you yes or no at that stage. Just, okay, and then what comes next? Well, there's this dog running around. 
and da 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 da. Okay, and the friend writes that down. You go on your own, and you just whatever comes to you like that, let it out. Don't censor it. Don't think about it. Don't try and restate it. Just well, I saw a red barn and a tractor. Okay, say that. Don't don't censor it. Don't try and fancy it up. Don't just I saw a red barn and a, and a tractor. Okay, great. That's all you need to do. And and just whatever comes next, whatever comes next. And then when it runs out, and you don't get anything else, stop. And then go to your friend and say, okay, what did I see? What of of what I saw had meaning for you? Did it mean anything? Are these things you can relate to? Well, yeah, I grew up on a farm. We had a tractor, and there was this little dog that used to come out and run around around the barn, whatever, and da-da-da-da-da. So that's how you do this, and that's how you learn. That's how you practice. Now, if there's some misses in there, don't be upset. Uh, nine times out of ten, the misses are going to be not on your part, but on the person that on the, uh, the property's part. People forget stuff. People forget things. Uh, and you say, well, people can't forget important things or family members. Oh, yes, they do. And let me tell you <laughs> one example. One example. One of the most dramatic readings that I ever gave anybody. I got to the end of this reading, and I said, you're going to move uh, within whatever the time frame was. I forget now. But I said, you're going to move within this time frame, and you're going to move to Nevada, I think, Las Vegas. And I said, once you're there, you're going to start your own company in the same uh, uh, category, same vein that you're in now, but you're going to own it. It's going to be your own company, and you're going to make more money than you're making now. And she laughed out loud over the phone, and she said, John, she said, listen, up to now, everything you've said in your reading has just blown my hair back. It's been accurate. It's been insightful. It's been great. It's been like, wow. But listen, she said, hon, I have no intention of moving. She said, I would have to jump through every hoop there is to own a company like what I work for now, and I'm pretty much at the top of my salary. And I said, do this favor for me. I said, write these things down that I told you that you say just can't be, and then get back to me. So months went by, and one of these days she called me, and the important thing to listen to here and to get and to understand, she had forgotten everything that I had told her. <laughs> and and you remember. She, had, she had moved to Las Vegas. She had bought a business in the line of work that she previously and worked for a company, and she was making more money than she had made with that previous company, fulfilling all three things I had told her. And this friend of hers said, hey, didn't that psychic tell you that? And she's like, <laughs> oh, my God, that's right. And she had to call me up and tell me, and she told me the friend had to tell her. So people forget People forget the oh most dramatic things. People forget yeah. relatives' names. People forget things that happened. Da, 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 da. So just because somebody doesn't remember the red barn with a tractor doesn't mean it wasn't there, doesn't mean it wasn't real. And they may have to talk to somebody in their family. Oh, yeah, well, that was your Uncle Fred's barn and tractor, and we used to go out there all the time. Da, 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 da. So that's how you begin to, to do this, and you practice. You know, look, if you want to bench, bench press 100 pounds and you can only bench press 10 pounds, you keep doing that, and every week you work up, and finally you can do 15, then you can do 25, then you can do 30, and weeks, months, maybe whatever down the road, you can start bench pressing 100 pounds. Well, same with psychometry, same with any spiritual gift or technique. Uh, 
You work at it. You develop it. You practice it. You use it. So that's how you develop psychometry. That's how you do it. And like I say, the practical application comes from when you can sit down with several friends and grab an object and get 70, 80, 90, maybe even 100% things right about that object, then in your personal life you start extrapolating that and allowing that energy to feed into you when you go places. And somebody sits across from you at a desk and says, look, here's a good deal, this is the best we can offer you, da-da-da-da-da, and you can tune into those senses that you use in psychometry, and they can tell you, uh, no, wait a minute, this guy's lying, this isn't the best deal you can get. And so you can begin to heighten your senses of awareness so that you can stay out of trouble, stay out of bad situations, avoid bad situations, know when you're being taken advantage of, know when people are disingenuous with you, and so on and so forth. So it's not a parlor trick. It's not a party game. It has very, very serious and practical applications in life, but that's how you start off to get there. And uh, and it's a very great thing. And it's particularly like, hey, you're out on a date, a guy you've just met. And you're like, oh, what a neat cigarette lighter. Let me see that. Have you owned this a long time? Yeah. And you sit there and, and rub it while you're on the date. And you go, oh, you philandering son of a gun. And you, okay, well, you know, so it has practical applications. So that's how you do psychometry. Okay. And anyone can do it. Anybody can do it. I've I've taught this to to any number of people. And uh, you just have to be willing to to, uh, suspend disbelief and just be open and receptive and willing to just say, okay, well, this comes in my mind. It's It's a weird thing. I don't think it would apply to my friend. Get that thinking out of your head. Whatever comes to your mind, say it. Let your friend write it down. They'll give you the feedback later. And that's how you train yourself. And you get better and you get better and you get better. But anybody can do it, absolutely. Interesting. Uh, when you were talking about the, the client of yours forgetting what you had told her and, and even some that forget their, their relatives' names and so forth, right. is, that right. why it's, is that why it's so hard um, to guarantee a reading? A lot of people will say, well, well, he, he didn't get anything right. He couldn't guarantee it. But then down right. the road, like you said, they, they remember, oh, my gosh, that was right. I just wasn't exactly. thinking of that at the time. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's one of the reasons, and, and the reason that I don't guarantee a reading personally is because over the years, and there's there's not many people out there this way, thank God, but over the years, uh, there was a spate of time, a period of time, where there was this, uh, and I became aware of this, I was, was cued into the fact, I learned that this was happening, and that this was a thing. At the time, people would go to psychics, they would get a reading, oh, boy, that was great, blah, 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 and then they would email the psychic or call the psychic later after the reading and go, you know, I'm, I, I've been thinking about this, and I just I don't think you hit the nail head on the all here. I don't think hardly any of this was accurate, and I, I want a refund. So if the psychic was gullible, they'd give them the refund, then they'd go to another psychic, <laughs> get a reading, and then they'd call the, eh, I, don't, I don't think this is any good. I've been thinking about this. and that. So they'd just get five, six, seven, eight, nine psychics and get free readings all the way down the line over and over and over again. I became aware of this scam, and that's when I put on my website, hey, sports fans, <laughs> not going to guarantee your happiness, not going to guarantee your satisfaction, no refunds, we ain't playing that game. And the people that are legitimate, they don't care about that. They're, you know, they're there to get the information. They're there to get the insight from the other side and to get help. But that that helps stop the scammers. And uh, that was going on for a, a good length of time there, for uh, one year. And uh, and that was that was how I put a stop to it. So uh, you find reason. the scammers in in, in any business. Time, always, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. 
Yeah. Um, the phone number here, folks, 319-527-6702, talking with John Russell. Uh, call in for your psychic reading. we got a lot of people still on hold here. We'll move along to area code 218. Hi, who's this and where in the world are you? Area code 218, go ahead. Are you there? Okay. We're going to move along here, going once and twice. All right. We'll go to... Uh, <laughs> we'll go to area code 916. Who's this and where are you calling from? Hi, this is Nancy from Oregon, and what a fascinating show. Up my alley. Uh, <laughs> Great. But, um, I do, yeah, I had a question about my husband passed away in April, and about two to three weeks after that, I had some real physical visitations from him. And yeah. since then, I haven't had any visitations. But lately, objects that I place and I know where I place them are showing up either someplace else or disappearing, and then later on they reappear in the same place I know I put them. And right. yesterday, yeah, yesterday I, I can almost describe, you know, I was looking for my laundry money. I knew exactly where I put it. I looked in the drawer. And nothing was in there. I emptied the drawer and all the drawers underneath, you know, saying it has to be here, it has to be here. I went upstairs and I looked through my closet. I went everywhere. I came down again. I said, okay, take a deep breath, Nancy. And I did and go to the place you thought it was. And there it was lying right there where I knew right. it was. Right. <laughs> now, what is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's that's still him. That's still him. He's he's still letting you know. Hey, I'm here. I haven't gone away. You thought I did, but I didn't. I'm still here. I'm still giving you signs. So that's what's happening. And just say, hey, thank you, hon. I appreciate it. And and let's stay close. And you keep talking to me, and I'll keep talking to you. And and that's what's happening. He's still there. Yeah, that's what I thought. And I I said, okay, you know, you you know, I called him a wife, but you know, <laughs> I said, yeah, you can play, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So he's he's just letting you know he's still around. He hadn't gone away. So that's what's happening for you, okay? Okay. All right. All right. Take care. Okay. All right. Thank Bye-bye. You. Thanks, for Thanks for the call, Nancy. Thank you. Now, what if, uh, now, w- with reincarnation, and I love talking about reincarnation, but what if her husband has already reincarnated? You know, that's a, that's a, you know, how do we know? <laughs> you know, we don't yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. And, how do we know? Uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's a subject of speculation. You know, my, my experience has been a lot of people on the other side are hanging around for an awful long time. And yeah. <laughs> uh, I've, I've had uh, relatives I've talked to for decades. Um, you know, I've had, um, uh, you know, those types of experiences. So I, you know, we're, we're, we're not real clear on that, and I don't think we can be, and I don't know what the exact mechanism for that is, and I think a lot of it has to do uh, with the person on the other side deciding, you know, okay, I'm I'm ready, or I've had enough here, or whatever, this, that, and the other, and obviously that's going to vary from person to person, so uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's the best educated guess we can give. You know, we doggone it, we don't know. There's so much we just don't know. For all that we oh. do know, there's a ton that we don't. And uh, gosh, I wish we did. It'd make life so much easier, but it doesn't work that way. <laughs> make a lot more sense. I have, uh, wouldn't it? I have, I have, re- I have received some information on that. And there's always an aspect of self 
that right. is connected to source energy, right? Right. So that aspect of self is always available. And I have even had souls that have come through as them say, I'm reincarnated, mm-hmm. you know. So, hmm. yeah, there's always that. We are multifaceted beings. Right. And it's always, like you said, John, we can only receive it as we can. We can only digest it when we're ready to receive it. Right. And for me, I'm like, good enough, because we all have that higher self, you know, that version of us that that's always connected to source. So, even if we're reincarnated, right, we can still come through as that that soul, that, that right. higher self soul. Okay. Yeah, and reincarnation is just one of those topics that that there there has to be so many theories about it. It can just it, yeah. it can open up anything. It, it, you right. know, there's, there's everybody's and got their own theory. You know, there's, there's there's some, well, that's it. Everybody has their own theory, and we don't have any proof. <laughs> And yeah. that's the uh, we have some very interesting uh, anecdotal evidence that would seem to tend toward proof, but nothing that we can hang our hat on. It's like with the UFOs, we have the best yep. researchers in the world that have been doing this stuff for decades. And guess what? All the best researchers in the world still admit we, we don't know. You know, <laughs> I just watched a, I just watched three documentaries on Amazon. And these are the the best top researchers in the world in the UFO field, uh, the most noted, the most famous, the government people and employees, military people and employees coming forth, and all of those people that have been doing this for decades and decades and decades, the bottom line answer that they gave in all three of these documentaries is, we don't know. <laughs> you know, we're still working on it. We'd love to know. Got some clues, but we don't know. Where are they from? We don't know. Who are they? We don't know. Why are they here? We don't know. What are they trying to communicate or accomplish? We don't know. Um, but one thing in one of these documentaries I had never, ever, ever heard before, and it really disturbed me. Now there have been numerous incidences. Uh, incidents where people have documented, people in the military, people in the government, have documented that UFOs have flown over one of our military bases and shut down all the missiles. All the missiles went offline, shut down, went totally offline status, totally lost power. And then after the UFOs left, or sometimes while they were still there, the missiles came back online and da-da-da-da-da. Well, the prevailing theory is, look, they're here to show us, oh, we, we want peace, and we want you to be at peace, and stop this war, and stop these weapons, and all this. So that's been the party line forever, and that's the stories that you hear. There's like three, four, five of those documented stories out there. These are documented. These are these are military guys that were sitting in the missile silos that had their, these are the guys that put their fingers on the button and launched the missiles, and they were like, these things just shut down. We had no control. We couldn't do anything. There was absolutely nothing. Everything was dead. And then of their own accord, everything comes back online. So this is documented. But one thing that just sent chills up my spine the other day was in one of these documentaries, and I had never heard this before, and they just almost glossed over it. I mean, the guy did question him about it. The interviewer did question him about it. But I don't think enough was made of it. The... uh, and in, in all the instances, that when the missiles came back online, every power returned, the missiles came back online, everything was normal. They were in, in normal standby mode. And one incident, uh, 
I can't remember if it was all the missiles or one or two of the missiles, came back online in launch mode and were counting down and fixing to blast off. Oh, my. And the people, yes. And the people, that's what I said. And the people <laughs> in the bunker had to manually override the launch command and shut the missiles down. So, um, <laughs> you know, there, yeah. there's, a, there's a few glitches in the thing here somewhere that we're not getting, that we're not understanding, that, uh, you know, when the missiles came back online, a couple of them were in countdown mode and fixing the launch, and they had to manually override it. And it's like, hello, and so that's never been brought out before. And, and that was in this documentary, and I was like, Oh boy, that puts a little a little wrinkle on things, you know. Was some guy in the craft pissed at these Earthlings? Was it uh, alien adolescents who were like, oh, "Watch this, watch this, we're gonna scare the crap out of them," you know? <laughs> what, what was it? I mean, this is this is some pretty serious stuff. So um, again, these are the best researchers in the world, and they're like, you know, we don't know. So uh, you know, that's that's the problem with a lot of this, and and we have to just. Man, we have to keep grinding it out. We have to be consistent and serious in our research and in what we do. And and we can't be dogmatic in the sense that we, well, somebody said he knew somebody that knew a researcher that saw a UFO that said, we can't do that. You know, we, we have to continue to really grind out what's going on here and what's happening. And the thing that distresses me is that our government knows it, it's absolutely painfully obvious that our government knows Senator Harry Reid said the government knows, and and this is the tip of the iceberg, and 90% of it's buried. And there's a ton of information there, and the government knows. And so that that statement was made by Harry Reid recently, Senator Harry Reid. And uh, it's just like with the, you know, I had somebody ask me about uh, the the, the, uh, psychic and, and paranormal things. What is the government involved with that? Well, for a number of years it's known that we had the remote viewing programs and so on and so forth. There's plenty of documentation right. that that occurred. And so, right. you know, the government knows all this, but they're, for whatever reason or reasons, they're keeping it from us and hiding it from us. And uh, that's what we need to be looking at and addressing. And, and sometimes it gets a little scary if you do. I had, um, I ran into, I was at, uh, Alien Encounter 98 in Roswell, New Mexico. I was doing readings there, and that was where I first saw Stanton Friedman lecture in person. And uh, one morning I got up, and I went downtown to the Roswell UFO Museum. And being a psychic, doesn't matter. you got to go. It's the, the touristy thing to do, right, especially for a psychic. So I'm standing there in front of the, the UFO Museum waiting for it to open, and I'm looking at the posters, looking in the window or whatever's there, the door, trying to see inside, and I'm waiting for it to open, and... And this lady comes by, walking down the sidewalk, and she says, hi, and I say, hi, and she goes, uh, oh, are you waiting to get into the museum? I said, yeah. She said, have you been before? And I said, no, ma'am. I said, it's my first time here. I said, I was actually born in Carlsbad, but I've never lived in New Mexico, and this is my first time to Roswell. And uh, so I, I'm here to see the UFO Museum. She said, oh, are you, are you just here on vacation? I said, well, no, ma'am, I'm a, I'm a psychic, a professional psychic, and I'm actually with Lady Encounter 98. I'm doing readings. Oh, wow, cool. So we start talking, and uh, she tells me, um, well, she said, I have to tell you something. And, and being a psychic, she said, I know you'll appreciate this and understand this. She said, when I was young, my brother and I were out playing outside, and we saw the Roswell UFO come over in difficulty 
and crash. We saw it. And it wasn't a plane, it wasn't a helicopter, it wasn't a weather balloon, it wasn't a blimp. She said, that was a UFO. We saw it with our own eyes. And she said, afterwards, there were several people in the town that were told, visited by supposedly military personnel and government personnel, and they were told, you will not say anything about this or your bones will wind up in the desert. And she she said, you know, and, and she said, think about the impact that makes on a person's family. And if you don't care, if you're brave, if you're like, yeah, well, come on, bring it on. I ain't scared of you. Well, you may not be scared, but what about your kids? What about your grandmother? What about your wife? You know, you want their bones out in the desert? So that's that's kind of the thing that, that comes on you. So she told me this, and I was like, my God. And she said, yeah, and she said, Lots of people here were threatened that way. And all of a sudden she straightened up and she snapped her head up and down the street, up and down the street, and looked at me and said, I've said too much, i got to go, and ran. So all that many years later, that fear was still there. And so that's sure. one of the things that people trying to research things, trying to find out something, deal with. So our government knows beyond any shadow of a doubt. But, you know, there's whatever forces that be and powers that be that want to keep this hid, uh, they're doing a good job of it, and by force if necessary, by threat if necessary. Don't you get the feeling, though, that, that we're on the verge of knowing so much more? I mean, it, it's on TV, the ancient aliens, and, and we, yeah. we've had those releases from the military where they, right. they see they, they see those, those crafts that we don't know what they are. You get the feeling that they're trying to kind of gear us up for some sort of uh, I think revelation? I think they're placating us. I think they're giving us just enough that we're like, oh, looky, oh, looky, we're on the verge of disclosure, and I don't think we are. I think they're giving us just enough to shut us up and to make us hopeful and excited and, uh, you know, uh, look at the peasants out here dancing and, and look, oh, geez, they're all excited about Louis Elizondo's revelations, and oh, boy, oh, boy, boy, and, and you know, we'll just keep it going another 20 years, and, uh, <laughs> you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, I think that's really where we're at. I, it's, uh, and I think what we have to do uh, as, as a whole, as people, is come together in the spiritual power, and like Tamara talks about all the time, raising this vibration up forcefully enough in unison to break through that and to say, you know, hey, what is going on here, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, it's, a, it's a battle. It's a struggle. I'm not sure why it's a battle or struggle other than that there are powerful, wealthy, influential forces on this planet that don't want it out there for whatever reason. And, you know, um, you have to wonder what the reticence is on the alien side. If they have this technology, if they have this power, if they have this ability, why don't they just override that and say, hey, you know, come down and say, look, guys, um, you know, here's the real deal. But they don't do that, and you kind of have to wonder why. So the whole thing is a big mystery that, again, uh, we haven't gotten to the bottom of, but we have to keep chipping away at, and, uh, you know, hopefully down the road we'll we'll get something done. Someday, someday. Someday. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> We're talking to John Russell, uh, author of Riding with Ghosts, Angels, and the Spirits of the Dead. Again, take a look at his website, ridingwithghosts.net is the uh, is the website to uh, take a look at the book, find out more information about John Russell. And we're going to go back to the phones here, area code 347. Hi, you're on the Ryan Lindsay Hi. Show. 
Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. You bet. What's your name and where are you calling from? My name is Tanika, and I'm calling from New York. Okay. You have a question for John? um, Yes, I'm a first-time caller, and I could really use some good advice or some um, insight into a love situation in my job. Okay. Um, With my relationship, I just wanted to know if you see um, someone that I care about that I was involved with that he's sort of still in my life. Um, I'm not sure if he's seen other people or if you see us being in a relationship or not. Run. And with my job. Run. Uh, Run. <laughs> get, away, get away from this person. Uh, this this person <laughs> definitely needs to be out of your life and not a part of your life in any aspect of a relationship. Uh, there's no one around you right now that is good for you in a relationship. You've just kind of got to wipe the slate, slate clean. Look unto yourself, get yourself going the way you're supposed to be, do some things for yourself, get your life on track, and then you can start looking at a good long-term relationship. And the bad news is that's probably not going to come until about October of next year. Okay, So that's a long way away. Now, that doesn't mean between now and then you have to be a hermit. You can go out and casually date and have fun, whatever. Don't wear your heart on your sleeve. Don't think, oh, I found Mr. Right, because I really seriously don't see that happening until about October of next year. And so between now and then, use that time to focus on yourself, to grow, to do some things that you want to do, learn some things you want to do, experience some things that you want to. And uh, as far as your job situation, what do you do for a job? What's your job? Right now I'm a receptionist at a medical facility, and I'm just not happy there. It's yeah, very hard on me. And you're not going to be. You're not going to be. Um, what you need to I've do is trying. Do, yeah, go ahead. I've been trying to put out applications for other places, but no no other places coming. Like nothing's panned out yet, and I don't yeah. know when things are going to change. Well, it's it's going to change for you next year, but you're going to have to do a lot, uh, have to, to be the person that does a lot to provoke the change and make the change happen. Um, you need to be into business somehow, either business management or something like that. There's some business degree or something like that that you need to work toward and develop and get into that. And when you do that, that's when life's going to take off for you. You need to have some type of executive position, executive job. And you may have to do additional training or schooling or whatever to get that, but it'll be worth it, and that's what you need to do. That's what you need to pursue. Does that make sense for you? Yeah. Okay. All right, so do that. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. You may have to be your own cheerleader sometimes. But that's where you need to go, and when you do that, it's going to pay off for you. You're going to be happier. You're going to have a lot more self-respect, a lot more self-esteem. And, look, you're too bright and smart and and uh, personality-wise and everything to be doing what you're doing right. You're wasting yourself where you're at right now, and you know it. So don't be afraid to step out there and be somebody bigger and better. Okay? That's the key. Develop that self-esteem. Develop that self-confidence. Take the steps. Get the training. Do whatever you need to do to to, to do that in advance. And that's going to get your life in order. Okay? Make sense for you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Go do it. Hey. Tamika, thank you very much yeah. for the call. And uh, moving along again to, uh, it, by the way, John, uh, I think of that quote that you, you told me so many years ago, and I think you brought it up last month, too. If it's meant to be, it's up to me. Yeah, if and it's I think, to be, it's up to me. Yeah. Because yeah. we can, uh, people can help us, 
people can can open doors for us, but then we got to walk through them. And when we walk through them, we better have something to show the people that are there. You know, we better you have go. done something and and ha- can provide something and can do something. So if it's to be, it's up to me, and that's very very true. Uh, we have to take whatever gifts, talents, responsibilities that we have, utilize them to the max, get as much training and effort. Look, like I had this gift since I was a kid, since I was five years old, and I have studied my entire life diligently, excessively, obsessively, everything I could get my hands on and still do. I want to be better. I want to be more accurate. I want to understand more. I want to get rid of the stuff that doesn't work. I want to find stuff that does work. So you never quit learning. You never get trying. You know, quit trying. It takes training, takes uh, effort, takes development. And that's what we have to realize. That's what we have to do. Sure. To what? What was it? Uh, Socrates said, "All I know is that I know nothing." Yeah, there was you that go. Socrates? There you go. <laughs> people you ask go. me, they say, "Wow, you must have all this knowledge and all that." I say, "Listen, the older I get, the less I understand, the less I know." That's the beginning of wisdom, I'm convinced. Is, uh, uh, there you go. There you go. Back to the phones here, area code 678. Hi, you're live on the Ryan Lindsay Show with John Russell. Who's this? Hi, this area is Kathy. Hi. Hi, Kathy. Hi. Um, I didn't hear the thing that said you were unmuted or something. That's why I apologize. Yes. Um, <laughs> my name is Kathy. Um, I had, um, oh, sorry, um, Georgia. Georgia, okay, go ahead. Um, had a question. Um, I met this guy. Um, it was going good, but it seems like he's pulling back, but he's telling me to be patient. So can you tell me what's going on with him? I can tell you exactly what to do, and that's dump this guy and move on. There's no being patient. There's no waiting around. There's no hanging around. Uh, This guy's probably got another one or two on the side. And what you need to do is realize, hey, I'm much more valuable than this. I've got to let go of this and move on, and I'm worth more. I'll I'll get someone down the road that is open and available and ready for a relationship, committed relationship, with me. But this guy is not it. He's he's stringing you along, he's playing you, and you got to get out of it. And you can't let your emotions overwhelm you. You can't let your fear overwhelm you. You know, we're all like, well, I've got I've got some relationship. You know, if I let go of that, I got nothing. Well, sometimes nothing is better than something. You know, if you're with the wrong person, you're being treated the wrong way. You got to get rid of that and get that out of your life so that the good person can come into your life. And that's what you got to do right now. Get rid of this guy. Okay. Okay, um, do you see, um, um, I guess, hmm. hello, <laughs> do, do yep. you see what happened, I guess, if, I'm, um, I just told you, the guy's, a, the, the guy's a philanderer, okay, the guy's a philanderer, leave it at that, that's all you need to know, you know why? Why did that fault, dog? Honey. Why did that dog bite me? I don't know. <laughs> the dog just bites. He's a dog. He bites. <laughs> the guy's a philanderer. Leave it alone. Let it go and move on. It's not your fault. It's nothing you did. You just gotta. You just gotta go on and make better choices. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Do that now. Kathy, thanks for the call. Uh, moving yeah. along to uh, area area code seven zero seven. Hi, you're live on the Ryan Lindsay Show with John Russell. Who's this, and where are you calling from? 
Uh, yes, Valerie, California. Hi, Valerie. Hi. Hi, John. Um, Hi, Valerie. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks. What's your question? Uh, yes, the man that you saw for me uh, as a life partner in February, how uh-huh. do you see him enhancing my life? I'm sorry, you broke up there. Say again. Okay, the guy that I think he's a life partner you saw for me in February coming in 2021. Right. Uh, and I want to see how that will enhance my life or affect my life. How it will enhance your life or affect your life? Well, you know, the right yeah. life partner obviously is, is going to make a big difference in your life. It's going to enhance your life in every way, you know, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, and so on and so forth. So, you know, it, it's good for you all the way around. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that's okay. I just want, was trying to figure, will it be like travel and things like that? Uh, there will be with the right person, yes. And, uh, you know, again, you have to, to look at what your priorities and goals are and make sure that you're connecting with that right person when they come along. A lot of times we miss specific opportunities that the other side sets us up with. Because somebody else comes along and we go, oh, look at them, look at them. They look good, they smell good, da 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 They don't travel, and I like to travel, but hey. And and we wind up with the wrong person instead of holding out and recognizing, okay, well, this is close, but no cigar. This person doesn't meet my needs in this, 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 and this area. So that's right. how you recognize somebody, and that's how you hold out for the right person. And then when that person comes along, you get those things that you need, right? Okay. And you're still right. seeing that in February? Right. Okay, great. All right, I'll call you all right. Best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, John. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, Thanks, Valerie. Call us. Uh, call us. Yeah, the last Wednesday in February, and we'll uh, we'll chat about that then. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, to, oh, and uh, I have to tell you, there's there's yeah. a before we get to the next caller, there's a funny story about that too. I had a client one time for a number of years, delightful, delightful woman, and. Uh, I would always make these predictions about her romantic life. And the next time we'd have a reading, I'd say, did you meet somebody yet? No, no, no. And I was like, geez, oh, Pete. So we went through several readings, and I finally I just said, hey, let me ask you something. Be honest with me. How are my readings for you as far as insights, accuracy, predictions coming true, da-da-da-da-da? She said, oh, my God, it, it just blows my hair back. She said, everything you see about me and people around me is accurate. It's true. Your insights are great. The predictions that you make, even when I think they're crazy, they happen. They actually come true, da-da-da-da-da. And I said, well, what in the world is the deal with the romance? I, I keep hitting these windows of opportunity for romance for you, and nothing ever happens. Nothing. I said, what are you doing? to connect with and make that romantic connection. Nothing. <laughs> I said, you can't sit on the couch and wait for God to drop him through the roof into your lap. you got to join Match.com or put an ad in the paper, go to parties, meet people, socialize, let your friends know you're, you're wanting to meet somebody. Oh! <laughs> it's like, ah! <laughs> I love that. You know, if you so, want the new hey, job, we you got to send out a resume or two. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. we got to do our part, too. You know, I mean, spirit can be there and ready to help us and willing to help us, but we got to show up, you know. It's like, yeah. unless you put on the jersey and get right. in the game. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> oh, well. 
Uh, folks, we've got about 25 minutes to go here and a couple of people on hold. Remember, if you want to go live on the air you'll need to, if you, and you're on hold, you'll need to press the number one to let me know that uh, you want to go on the air. That gives me a sing- signal here to just uh, raises your hand uh, to let me know you want to go on with John Russell. Uh, 319-527-6702 is the number to call, and we'll move on to area code 561. Hi, who's this? Where are you calling from? Oh, boy, hon, we can, we can barely hear you. I can't understand her at all. Yeah. Can you hear her now? Just a little bit. Let's give it a shot. Go ahead with your question. Okay. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, do you see Bob coming? I'm sorry, I couldn't understand her. Uh, she said, "Happy Thanksgiving." And do you see do you see any love coming for her? Oh, okay. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving to you. And oh boy, you're you're just you know you've got to make uh, different choices in the way that you look for romance. Um. Without being judgmental, it's not a judgmental thing, but you're kind of willing to accept whoever will have you or put up with you or whatever at the time, and you've got to realize that you have way, way, way much more value than that, and you have got to start calling the shots in your romantic life and the way that you want things to be, and you have to develop the self-esteem to realize that you're worth that and that you need to do that, and when you achieve that then you're going to be able to attract the right person into your life. But that's going to be the key to it for you, okay? Well, I took a long break from that dating, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, uh, but, but still, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't do any good to, to take a pause and not change ourselves and the way that we go about things, you know. It's like if we have a broke-down car in the driveway and we start working on it, and we take a six-month vacation, come back, the car still broke down. You know, it doesn't matter that we've, that we've had a time span in there. We have to do something to make that change happen. It's not enough just to take a break. You've got to, to work on yourself, develop that self-esteem, and develop that, you know, hey, I'm worth a really good relationship here. Oh, yeah. And when you develop that, oh, yeah. that's what you're going to get, okay? Well, yeah, that's why my thing was. Yeah, I'm. I'm still not you here. Know, I, guess, I guess out. Yeah, we're gonna move on here. So, thank you very much for the call. And uh, area code nine one seven is next. Hi, you're on the Ryan Lindsay show. Who's this, and where are you calling from? Hi, this is Carla. I'm calling from New York. Hi, Carla. You have a question okay. for John? Yeah, I would like to also know my relationship. Like, what do you see for? Um, Matthew and I. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, hmm. There's there's some kind of a disconnect there between the two of you, where it's almost like a um, yeah, I love you but I don't kind of thing. <laughs> it's hard to describe, but there's a real disconnect there that that it doesn't. Uh, the relationship doesn't go all the way down into getting real. And the sad part is that it could. But both of you are kind of tap dancing around what the real issues are. 
and the uh, and Matthew has got some deep-seated emotional issues and relationship issues, maybe some family issues that he hasn't faced and hasn't dealt with, and those influence and inform the way he interacts with people and his relationships, and it sabotages his relationships. So until he's willing to sit Mm -hmm. down and look at those and face those and deal with those, you're really not going to go anywhere. It's it's going to be a problematic issue for you. So that's the thing. Both of you got to sit down and get real. And unless both of you are willing to do that, and especially unless he's willing to do that and confront these issues, then the relationship's not going to go where it could go. Now, if both of you are willing to do that, and if he's willing to be that open and honest and you succeed in that, this will be a good relationship. But those are the things yeah. that stand in your way right now. Does well, that make sense I, for you? Yeah, I told him. I, I, I emailed him and I said, you know, if he wants that kind of relationship and do it differently, right. then, yeah, then he, sh- he could let, like, I just don't want to do the same thing again. And, exactly. and he has yeah. not responded for the first time. Like, usually he would say something very. You know what? Something. You know what? You know what? What? There's your answer. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? That means exactly what I said. He hasn't responded. There's your answer. Time to move on. So that means he can't. Right. Time to move on. You well, know, if, if okay. people, people, people will tell you what you need to know. And if you tell somebody, man, I love you, and they don't respond, or they're like, yeah, I like you too. <laughs> you know, that's all you need to know. <laughs> Time to move I'm on. Really so you, you, yeah, you've got your answer. So time to move on. Okay, well, All right. Fine. Yeah, yeah, best of luck you. to you. You're welcome. All right, thank you very much for the call, Carla. John, back to the book here, Writing with Ghost Angels and uh, the Spirits of the Dead. Do you have, there, there's a lot of ghost stories in here, a lot of paranormal stories that are fun. Right. Um, do you have a favorite story that, that's in the book? Oh, gosh, you know, I knew you were going to ask me that. And <laughs> doggone it, I... I don't know that I have uh, an absolute favorite because all of them are dear to me and all of them are very meaningful to me. And each one is special in its own way. And and I really, and I seriously have thought about this a lot because I knew people were going to ask me this. And I really can't say that I do have uh, a favorite story in here. I think uh, I have a... um, a story that makes one of the greatest impacts on me is um, the story of the Olusty Battlefields. Mm-hmm. And I think that story in particular, um, which is, is titled The Ghosts of Olusty, and that's chapter four in the book. And I think that uh, chapter, just because of the emotions it arouses and the truths uh, that I learned from that, that I experienced from that, the insights that I got from that, I think that may be, if if not my favorite, or at least the most, one of the ones that stands out the most as far as emotional impact, poignancy, um, so on and so forth, because it just, um, it deals with war and our perpetual and constant warring nature and the fact that it's so destructive and that we don't learn from it and that we do it over and over and over and over and um, it, it has a, a great quote in it 
that I that I put in the chapter from Stanton Friedman, and he talks about that you would think that um, you know one of our major purposes from the uh, the way that our money is spent is uh, is warfare, <laughs> you know, on uh, on whatever frontier that we. Uh, that we come to, that we, you know, it's just, uh, oh man, we're just, we're just a pugnacious lot as a whole. And it's just, uh, it's a, it's a, it's something that it it just hurts. It just, uh, it hurts my feelings when I think about, uh, Stanton Friedman said, this is his comment about our so-called civilization, a primitive society whose major activity, judging by how its wealth is spent, would certainly appear to be tribal warfare, and for whom every new frontier is a new place to do battle. And, uh, you know, what hurts me is that, you know, we have people in the world that are absolutely avowed to kill America and to kill Americans and to bring America down. There's no doubt about that. The tragedy about that is if you get them out from under a certain religious and or political system and take us out from under our religious and political system and put them together in a room somewhere, we might love each other. We might become the absolute best of friends. We might say, man, where's this guy been? Where's this gal been? This is, this is absolutely great. And that's the tragedy of all this is that we have these adherences not to humanity but to systems that somebody that we have put in power has decided, well, I got to go kill these people. I got to go conquer these people. I got to do this. And what I've always said that the the flaw in humanity is that we have to work so hard to overcome. We're not very successful at it. Is that if you take ten people, put them together, they've all got health. They're all good looking. They've got all they need. They have plenty of money. They've got plenty of food. They've got plenty of whatever. Everybody's happy. Everybody's doing well. Everybody's doing good. There's peace. There's calm. There's serenity. There's happiness. One of those people is going to sit down and look at the other nine and say, I've got to figure out how I can control these son of a guns. Mm-hmm. You know? I've got to figure out how I can dominate these people. I've got to organize these people. I've got to lead these people. I've got to figure out how I can control these rascals. And then it goes from there. And it's it's the same way with our countries, you know. Um, I have a very dear friend in Ukraine, a Ukrainian native, and his dad was actually a uh, a major in the USSR when it was the, when it was you know the Soviet Union. And this friend and I, you know, we we we're both artists. You know, we both love reading and poetry and all these things, and we have all these things in common. And and so, you know, I overlook my American background. He overlooks his, you know, Ukrainian USSR background. And we're people. We come together as people with a shared love of things and and so on and so forth. And I think, my God, why can't we all do that, you know? Um, Think if all of us everywhere in the world, instead of figuring out, new and inventive ways to torture and kill each other, what if we all laid down all the arms and said, you know what, let's work together and make this place the best doggone place it can be for everybody. And I'm not talking socialism. I'm not talking communism. I'm just talking everybody coming together and saying, hey, you know, let's see if we Mm -hmm. can cure cancer. 
Let's see if we can cure poverty. Let's see if we can find a solution for the drug problem. Let's see if we can do this and this and this and this. Man, think of what we could do. Think of what this world could be. Right. And it amazes me. It, con- it convinces me that there is evil that fights against this because it just doesn't happen. It just We have these problems over and over and over throughout history. And so there's something there that doesn't want this to happen. And that's what we have to fight against. Very well said. Tim, or any thoughts on that? Well, you know, it's just, it, it's ab- he's absolutely right. You know, we know a lot of people, right? Between the three of us, we know a lot of people. Most of them want the same thing. So yep. where is it, where do we fall in alignment that there there's some overriding, um, you know, influence? And I think that's what we're all waking up to um, and breaking free of. And and I think that's going to be a, a continued story here as we go along. Don't you, John? I do, too. And uh, and yeah. I pray it is something that we really do awaken to and that we really begin to see that, hey, you know, there are and – and it doesn't matter if it's physical forces, spiritual forces, or both. There's something very negative there that works against the good and works against healing and works against prosperity and works against um, enlightenment. And, you know, we have to figure out how to resist that, how to overcome it, how to go against it, and what to do to, um, you know, to stand up and say, hey, enough, you know, we've got to have some answers here. We've got to have some help here. And I think there may have been periods in history where people did that and achieved a little bit of something. And then, you know, it got lost and, and people, you know. The problem always is, I, I go back to this, uh, I'm writing a follow-up to my book, Writing with Ghost Angels and the Spirits of the Dead, because for one thing, I felt led to another thing. My readers have said, my God, please write another book. We need another book, which <laughs> makes, me, makes me feel Great. so good. And, and, and God bless them and thank oh, you. Wonderful. But um, this this uh, this follow-up book that I'm doing um we had a, um, when I was a young man, very young man, almost a boy, we had this, uh, well, boy going into young man, actually. We had this this prayer group, mediumistic circle, whatever you want to call it, in our home for a while, and we got some really amazing results. I mean, with with practicing some healings, doing some healings and things, and the things that we saw and discerned and learned, and, and da-da-da-da-da, and we were actually helping people and healing people and doing some good. And then people in the group, well, I think we should do it this way. I think we should use this teaching or this technique. And when the majority said, well, we, you know, we, we don't really feel led to that. We don't really want to do that. This is working. Let's, you know, let's, if there's anything good there we can integrate, fine, but we don't want to drop all of this and follow da-da-da-da-da, you know. Then the person would get upset and leave and try and take part of the group with them to, you know, bolster their ego and to be the leader and to be this and that. And that happened so many times that, that the group finally broke up and, and uh, fell apart. And so I think that's one of the things that we have to be so cautious of and be so careful of. I remember there was one time I uh, was approached to be on a radio show by uh, a, a pag- pagan-owned radio show. And uh, they said, uh, are you pagan? And I said, well, I'm... I do believe in some some paganistic 
beliefs and theories and this and this and whatever. But look, here's my qualifications. I've had over 800 paranormal experiences. Uh, a lot of these have been photographed, recorded, uh, videoed. Other people have witnessed them. They're real. They happen on the physical realm. My clients can tell you I've been their their feedback has been 90% accurate over the years and a lot da da da. Yeah, but are you pagan? <laughs> you know, and that's all they cared about. They didn't care that I had all these things that could actually make people's lives better and change people's lives. Are you pagan? You know, be like, are you Baptist? Are you Presbyterian? I don't care how good you are. Are you this? Are you that? And that's what we have to overcome and get around. Right. Well, what are we anymore, anyway? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've been been trying to figure out certain things like that for years. You know, it it seems like like you mentioned earlier, John. When, whenever we say there's a war on poverty, there's a war on hunger, there's a war on unemployment, all those right. all those wars we're losing. Yeah, you, absolutely. You know, absolutely. It's, it, we well, are. We, it's, we've uh, take a little bit better course of action here, I think. Well, we do. You know, the the one thing is we attack the things that don't matter and that don't get to the root cause of the issue. And one of the things I've said, you know, we have to, if you really want to do something, you're going to have to change your mindset. And I'll give you an example of what I mean that's a very concrete example that's workable in the real world. A famous rich guy takes $100 million and builds a wing uh, um, or donates a library to his alma mater, to this university, and puts his name on it. And, oh, boy, look at this. So-and-so gave $100 million to the university. Look, people are going to be able to go read books. Woo-ha. And we put his name on the building. It does nothing, absolutely, literally nothing. Now, in West Texas, where I'm from, we had old people die in the heat every summer because they didn't have air conditioners, they succumbed to the heat. They died. This is a, a, a news story that occurs every year in, in hot parts all around the country. Old people die because they don't have air conditioners. They can't stand the heat. They die from the heat. So take that $100 million, go to West Texas, go to Lowe's, Home Depot, or whatever, say, I need all the window air conditioner units you've got, and buy them out and find these old folk and go and have a professional installer go and install them in their bedroom or wherever in their house or whatever where they can go and get cool and get sleep cool and rest and then pay their electric bill for the next five or ten years. And it wouldn't even put a dent in that $100 million, but it would save lives and it would be practical and it would be helpful and it would make this huge, vast humanitarian, real humanitarian difference in the world. But no, I'd rather have my name on a, on a building and, uh, you know, the kids are going to go in now there and they don't, they don't know who I am, they don't care, and they're probably not going to have enough sense to read and understand the books in there and do anything in the world anyways. But, boy, I got my name on that building and everybody came pat me on the back. Oh, so-and-so. Oh, boy. Oh, did you see what he did? You know, but look, <laughs> you know, here's the reality of it. Put it where it really honestly does some good, you know, and, and really makes a difference in the world. And it seems like that's the thing that we struggle with the most. I see these famous actors and actresses, and they say, you know, I've got more money than God now. I'm rich, I'm good-looking, I'm famous, and everywhere I go, people, oh, you can't pay for your meal? No, take this, it's free. No, no, all this is on us. 
Where was that when I was starving to death living in my car and I was a nobody? <laughs> I could have used a meal. I could have used some clothes. I could have used some help. But I couldn't get nothing then. Now that I'm rich and famous and I don't need it, everybody wants to give me everything. You know, where's the logic in that? <laughs> and that's how convoluted and warped our system is. And that's what, one of the other things that we need to work at and overcome. Absolutely. We got a long list for 2021, I'll tell you. Oh, I'll tell you. <laughs> Lord have mercy, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, John, what will people, fi- uh, people find on your website, thewritingwithghost.net? Well, writingwithghost.net, um, I've revamped it to where you've heard it. And you say, gosh, I want the book. You don't have to sell me. I'm ready to buy it. You can go in <laughs> as soon as the page opens up. There's buttons on there you can click for Amazon. Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Walmart, Apple Books, uh, on and on and on, so you can buy it right then and there. If you still need some convincing or, well, what's, what's this about a little bit more, i tell you about that on the website as well. I've got tons of reviews on there from the major reviewers like Publishers Weekly through Book Life, Kirkus Reviews, uh, uh, Reader's Favorite, um, lots of those. I've got reviews from... Uh, you know, big names in the industry, Uri Giller, Phyllis Galdi of Fate Magazine, and all those are on there. And then some, just some regular mm-hmm. folks like you and me, quote-unquote, and those are there. So there's some links to uh, podcasts, that, you know, radio shows like we're on now that people can listen to, past episodes if they want to, and get some idea there. So that's what they're going to find there. If they want a reading, an in-depth reading, they can go to johnrussell.net, just johnrussell.net, and uh, <coughs> excuse me. There, they're going to find uh, everything they need to schedule a reading. The rates for my reading, my credentials. I've got over 80 client testimonials on there about my readings. Uh, you know, shows I've been on, uh, my professional experience, expertise, all that. So all that's there. So they can go to johnrussell.net for the readings, writingwithghost.net for the book, and uh, and again, I'm working on another one. It's going to be good too. Excellent. Excellent. Are you still are you still painting? You know what? I am still doing my art. Um no. it's it has to take a back seat as it always has because you know <laughs> the uh, the spiritual work is on the front burner and always has been, but yeah, I still do my painting and photography and um less so now that I'm so focused on my writing, you know, the the thing of it is what nobody tells you and you find out, well, people do tell you after it happens. When you publish a book, you're no longer a writer, you're a bookseller. (laughs) So there's a ton of time spent advertising and marketing and all of that. And then I'm working on writing the new book so I can get it out hopefully in spring of next year. And uh, that eats into the time for the for the art, you know, the the painting and the photography. But it's still there. I still love it, and I still do it. And uh, I've gotten some amazing uh, spirit photographs over the years and things like that. So uh, it's it's still there, but it's on the back burner, unfortunately. And and the readings and the writing are on the front burner, and that takes up the time for everything now. Sure, sure. John Russell, folks, Riding with Ghosts, Angels, and the Spirits of the Dead. Take a look at writingwithghosts.net and johnrussell.net. John, we'll uh, we'll do it at the end of December. How about that? We will. I'm looking forward to it. It's always great, and uh, it's always great to be with you and Tamara. We have a blast. We have a good time. We have great listeners. We have great questions. And, uh, again, you need a longer reading. You need a full reading. Go to johnrussell.net. And uh, we can fix you up there. And uh, please get the book. You'll enjoy the book, writingwithghost.net, and you'll have a good time with it. 
Great. Thanks thank you, John. So much. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy, happy Thanksgiving, John. and Ryan. happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners. And uh, Ryan Tamara, I appreciate yeah. it. This is this is a real blessing to me, and uh, hope it is to everybody else. And look forward to doing it again. Excellent. We always thank have fun. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. Have, have a good one, guys. He's something, isn't he, Tamara? Oh, so fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so fantastic. What wonderful readings. Thank you to all our callers. Sending you so much love, you know. I tell you, I am just going to say quick, you know, we need to open up our hearts. Good relationships have to start falling in alignment, right? You know, it's some point here, right? Yeah, so I there think you 2021 go. is the year of love. So take care and have a wonderful evening. Okay. Thank you, Tamara. We'll do it again. The last Wednesday of December. Uh, no show on Friday for Black Friday. Uh, it will one for that day, but Monday the 30th, Kim Chesney will be my guest. We'll talk about radical intuition. That's coming up Monday right here on Blog Talk Radio, the Ryan Lindsay Show at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Until then, take a look at RyanLindsayShow.com for information on guests, past, present, and future. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to The Ryan Lindsay Show. Visit RyanLindsayShow.com for more information about The Ryan Lindsay Show. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.